I'm going to start out today with a question. You guys look great today. I'm going to start out with a question. Have you guys ever represented an organization? You, you are a representative for something. School? Yeah? Church? Come on. Uh, I, I've served as a representative for many things. When I came out of high school, the first thing I was a rep for was brand rep for Abercrombie & Fitch. Come on. Yeah, I was one of those. Um, I remember we had to be very tan. We had to wear very little makeup. We had to wear flip-flops, even if it was snowing outside. Um, and then I got promoted to become a store greeter. If y'all don't know what a store greeter is, Abercrombie & Fitch markets their clothing by sex appeal. So what they do is they have a guy who's not wearing a shirt outside and a girl who's barely wearing anything. Yes, that was me. BC days. And uh, we would stand there, and they would actually give us um, multiple outfits of the same thing because they wanted us to bear their image. Okay, and then I started doing beauty pageants. I had to represent the organization in which I was representing. That's why they wear that sash, okay, Miss da-da-da-da-da. So when I had that sash on, I have to represent that organization well. Now, if you know me, I eat a lot. And so what happened was when my pageant chairs would take me to an event, okay, I would get there and immediately they knew what to do. We would always get there 15 minutes earlier. They would take two plates, go fill it up with meatballs and whatever I want to eat because it looks bad if I do it, right? Brand rep. Uh, and then they bring it all over. I scarf it down so that in time for networking, everyone while they're eating, I can go around, smile in my high heels and my crown and talk to them. That's what most beauty girls do if they eat. Um, but at the end of the day, was I still miss da, 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 da. No, I couldn't wait to take off the sash, take off the crown. I actually has to, used to take Advil because it hurt my head so much because it's heavy right here. And then, and, and then my, take off my shoes. I was in a lot of pain. And, and so my point is, is I was their representative during the day, but at night I turned that off. Um, I remember I was an ambassador for the Seattle Chinese Chamber Ambassador Program. Okay. It was just for my resume. Don't worry. Uh, it, key, key word, it was just for my resume. So did I want to always be a Seattle Chinese Chamber Ambassador? No. But what we did was if you were a Seattle Chinese Chamber Ambassador, you represented a Chinese American, and sometimes they'd send you over to our sister city in Japan. That's what I wanted to do. I never got sent, so I got out of that. <laughs> but see, for us as Christians, there is one position that we can't take on and off, and that is an ambassador of Christ. Okay, so if you guys can turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians, we're going to be looking at chapter 5, verses 16 to 21. It is the passage on the ministry of reconciliation, if you are familiar with it. If not, let's look at it now. Follow with me. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the, ministry, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Bow your heads in prayer with me. And God, I pray that today, Lord, you would teach us how to be better ambassadors for your kingdom. I thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us with such an amazing ministry of reconciliation. Lord, that you've given us the gospel on our tongues. And so, God, I pray that this message would go out with power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so tonight I want to talk to you guys about um, marketing. Yep. Because I want to submit to you tonight that as ambassadors of Christ, it's important for us to have an understanding of marketing. Let's start with this. What is marketing? Now, oh, you guys probably don't know me, huh? I didn't even intro myself. I haven't preached here in a while. My name is Emily. Uh, I'm an intern pastor here. I'm finishing up my third year, so it's a very exciting time for me. I'm from originally Seattle, Washington. Wow. Awesome. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I'm from Seattle, Washington. I actually graduated with a major in marketing. And so it's a big interest of mine. I remember when I uh, actually got into business school, my counselor asked me, she said, <clears throat> she said, um, is your, hold on. She said, is your mind more geared towards creativity? If it is, go towards marketing. If it's more logical, then go towards accounting. If it's more analytical, then go towards finance. I was like, oh, marketing all the way. I love creativity. See, I love marketing because it's, uh, I'm a, well, first of all, I'm a sucker for marketing. <laughs> okay, so if you have a good advertisement, I I'm there. I'll get it. <laughs> if you have a bad commercial, I won't buy you no matter how good your product is. And one thing I was really intrigued about marketing is it somehow captures your heart and your mind. And so what I learned is marketing is, is actually a form of art. If, if you see marketing, it's really cool. It, it grabs the emotions of its consumer and brings it towards the product. It puts images into the consumer's mind so that they can't live until they get that product. It's really cool. It's also, <laughs> it's also a science. It's a science in that they do extensive research in order to test these theories that... And the outcome of that is the masterpiece that we get, which is marketing. Now, one thing that I didn't know before entering marketing is that it's also a language. It's a form of communication. In fact, they say that marketing is actually the language of our culture today. If you think about it, in the society that we live in, virtually everything is for sale. Everything is for sale. If you're walking down the street and someone comes talk to you, your immediate reaction is, what do you want? What are you trying to sell me? What are you, what are you trying to sell me? Right? Like, what do you want? What do you want to get from me? And then, and then you're just ignoring them and then you actually see something. Oh, what is that? Okay, let me see. 
It's because our mind is geared in the language of marketing. This is why when we see advertisements like Mac versus PC, they don't even need to speak out what they're saying because marketing has already put images in our mind. So this guy, if you guys aren't familiar with Mark, uh, Mac and PC commercials, they have this one guy who represents Mac, who you know, dresses a little nicer, um, is a little bit more, what's the word? Handsome, sure. Uh, and then the other PC guy, he's, he, you know, he probably has glasses. He's a little bit more nerdy, dresses, you know, tucks in his shirt. They actually do dress like that. I'm from Seattle. Um, anyways, anyways. Um, but the thing is, is if we saw that commercial a long time ago, we wouldn't actually be able to understand it, right? But because marketing has evolved into our language, we now understand it. <clears throat> Marketing, I'm sorry, I don't know why my voice. Marketing um, can be good and it can be bad. Marketing is really good and that it's, like I said, it's a powerful weapon, right? It's a powerful weapon that can sell its products. Now, it's also bad. Let's go back to the good. There's one, there's, there's one thing I want to talk about. One thing I love about marketing is that it creates intense brand loyalty, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's like no difference between two products, but you just need it because of the brand. That's the work of marketing. Um, when I was little, I really, uh, if you grew up in America back then, every other commercial was a cereal commercial. <laughs> it's like tricks are for kids and cinnamon toast crunch and lucky charms with the leprechaun and the red box. And I remember being little, I told you I was a sucker for marketing. And every time I would see this commercial, I would always call my mom before she came home. And I was like, Hey mom, can you stop by the local grocery store and get me a cinnamon toast crunch? And she'd be like, sure. And, uh, especially your Asians, you know what you normally get when they come home. Okay. She's like, I got it for you. And it's this big bag of counterfeit Lucky Charms from a local grocery where it's the same thing, but it's like Lucky Charms or like, <laughs> instead of like cinnamon toast crunch, like cinnamon swirls. You know what I'm talking about, right? And it's this ginormous bag and yeah, it's, you get so much more and it's a dollar less. Yeah, mom, got it. You know, but she would, you know, every time I'd ask for it, she would always say, you still have a big bag at home that you didn't eat. And I was like, oh, I'm never going to get Lucky Charms. <laughs> that's, that's brand loyalty. You know, it, it puts images in your mind that you just need. And it creates customer loyalty. Now, marketing can also be bad. I said it can be good or bad, right? It can be bad in that it will sell bad products. You know, I don't even like beer. But not that beer is bad. I don't even like beer, but sometimes when you walk down, you see like a Corona commercial and it's, it's hot out. And all of a sudden, you know, you see that lime on it. And you're like, oh, I want it. But you don't even like beer. <laughs> on a more serious issue, pornography, body image, all of these negative things, creating needs in people where they actually don't need those things. Marketing can be good. And it can be bad. But the thing is, is that we live in a world where we can't escape it. 
See, the scripture passage that we just read, it doesn't say anything really about marketing. But what it does say is that we are ambassadors of Christ sent into this world entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. And if this world is highly influenced by marketing, then as ambassadors of Christ, I think it's pretty important that we are aware of what it's doing and how it's influencing the people, the very people that we're supposed to be influencing. Do you agree? Um, If you need a little bit more food for thought... Remember earlier I said that if you're walking down the street and someone talks to you, immediately your, your thought is, what are they trying to sell, right? How marketing is, our minds are geared towards marketing. Even if a church does not want to engage in marketing, their outreach is still going to be perceived as marketing. Uh, there's a really great article out called Jesus is Not a Brand, and it's by an author named Tyler Wig Stevenson. And he says this, Unless we completely withdraw from any kind of evangelism, marketing is inevitable. If marketing is the language of our culture, we might as well be fluent in it, right? I don't know what's wrong with my voice. You guys got to pray for me. Struggle is real. Uh, A church that refuses to catch up in marketing is like a missionary that refuses to learn the language of its target people. A church that refuses to catch up in marketing is like a missionary that refuses to learn the language of its target people. So what's actually taken place is the church has chosen to remain ignorant so that the world that is it's supposed to influence is actually influencing it. See, if we don't know, you know how it says, don't conform to the patterns of this world? How do you know what not to conform to if you don't know about it? In not knowing about it, the church has unknowingly been influenced by it. And as a response, they've made Jesus a brand They're ambassadors, brand reps, which actually isn't so bad. If Jesus were a brand, I'd I'd want it. But the thing is, is that they've made the brand a very undesirable one. Come on. When I was first saved, the first struggle I had was, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be uncool. (laughs) For real. (laughs) It was my legitimate concern. I'm going to be not cool. And why? Because in high school, all I knew was the Christians that were in a clique that always were together and, and didn't dress very well. And, and, and every time we were in some kind of debate, they were so stubborn with their opinions and so unloving towards other people's opinion. I was on their side. I'm I'm against abortion even before I was saved, but I was on their side and I felt bad for the people on the other end. That's why I had that feeling. I'm not going to be cool. And, you know, I actually had major breakthrough with this just like two years ago. I was telling some of the staff members, I think Pastor John, maybe Pastor David. But I was like, I had massive revelation. And they were like, what? I was like, Jesus said I'm cool. For real. And it was the best day of my life. 
you know, just actually, just to share quickly, at the last uh, leadership banquet, I actually got a letter from one of our Emmaus students, and she wrote something that, oh man, it really touched me. And she said, you were one of the first preachers that I listened to, Pastor Emily, when I was first saved, and you taught me that you can be cool and a Christian. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus. My work is done here, you know. But you know what? Um, There's a difference in preaching don't follow Jesus and preaching Jesus is not cool. What is a don't preach Jesus message? You just listen to Jesus preach. Jesus preach, don't follow Jesus. um, David Platt in his book Radical, he says this. He says that uh, Jesus, when he preached to his disciples, what he said was, that the disciples need to give up everything, carry the cross, hate their family. And he said, this, no, is not a marketing gimmick. It's not reverse psychology. Jesus lost most at hello. In Matthew ten sixteen, it says, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Persecution is real. Struggle is real. But what I'm saying is it's different when we preach. I'm all for don't follow Jesus messages. What I passionately hate is Jesus is not cool messages. And what's not cool is when people condemn non-believers for their sins, for their uh, things that they're doing in this world when they don't even know the father that has forgiven them of these sins. That's not cool. You know, the, the God that we follow is very cool. He's awesome. He's gangster. He flips tables. He's jacked, like Pastor JM said last Sunday. You know, the reason why I'm sharing this message is because I'm really sick of seeing the very people that God has entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation, those he calls ambassadors, turning the very people that we're supposed to reconcile to God from the gospel. Uh, there's actually a, uh, organization called church marketing sucks.com. It's, it's actually pretty good stuff. It's a company that helps, uh, churches with communication. And uh, one of its interns, Joshua Cody said this, it's a privilege that in a world full of broken marketing and blatant lies, we get to sell the truth. And as ambassadors, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. But here's the key thing. I'm not promoting marketing. I'm saying that. As ambassadors of Christ, when we come into the world, we can't do things according to the world, okay? But if we do, if we don't know about it, right? Like I said, if we don't know about it, how do we know we're not conforming to it? So one, we have to know about it. But two, we can't do things according to the world because if we do, then the truth just becomes a product. So one key difference that we have to know is in regard versus world versus kingdom is in regards to our identity. You are an ambassador, not a brand rep. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a respected official acting as a representative of a nation. John 18.36. We go through this world, but we represent another kingdom. So first thing about an ambassador is that you represent another kingdom, even though you go through this world. Two, you're sent from a foreign land. You're actually a foreigner here on earth. John 17, 16. We are in the world, but not of it. 
Three, you reflect an official position of a sovereign body that gave you authority. For us, that's Christ. First Thessalonians 2, 4. We have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. You are a foreigner in this land. You represent a different kingdom. And you are entrusted, equipped with the gospel of peace. That's what an ambassador is. As an ambassador of Christ, we are not of this world. Thus, we have to be careful not to do things as the world does. But in order to do this, we must know the ways of the world. Yes, the church is not a business. The church is not a business, but that doesn't mean we have to overcompensate for that and be completely ignorant about marketing and its concepts either. As ambassadors, we carry the message of Jesus. Now, don't be religious right now. I'm going to say it. But Jesus is the ultimate product, quote, unquote. Okay, I know Jesus isn't a product, but he's the ultimate product. And let me keep talking. When we represent Jesus, he... We are different from marketers in that our product is, an ult- is the ultimate product. If you have any experience in marketing, you know that there are f- limitations to product. That's why we need marketing. Okay, products, they lose value over time. Uh, they're challenged in how rare they are, rarity. Uh, they have struggles of inibit, inimid, in, <laughs> in, uh, imitatab- imitability. Basically, you can't imitate it, okay? Can you imitate it? Jesus, he can't be imitated. Non-substitute, non-substitutional, <laughs> struggle is real. Non-substitutability, okay? Products can be substituted by others. They can be imitated by others. Their, their rarity can be challenged. Their value can change over time. But Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, He never changes. Our product never changes. Therefore, Jesus doesn't need marketing. To market Jesus is blasphemy. Don't get me wrong. Why? Because we're talking about the incarnate logos. We're not talking about no logo here. Products are limited. Jesus is not. Therefore, we can represent him fearlessly. But the problem is, Jesus is not a product, but some of y'all are selling him like he is. Do you bear the marks of Christ, or do you bear the marks of a salesman? Because some people in the church are trying to sell Jesus, and they have the success of like a door-to-door salesman that's been going from street to street for like 2,000 years. You know, sometimes I think my mom, she always, she's Asian. (laughs) We lived in America. So if a salesman came over to our house, sometimes she would just pretend like she doesn't understand them and slam the door in their face. And, you know, sometimes I think for us as Christians, when we act like salesmen and we try to sell Jesus to people, I feel like sometimes we get the door slammed in our face and we cover it up as persecution, but that ain't no persecution. See, as a church, we got to get with the times. 
Jesus, he can't be sold. You're not the one that saves, he does. This is what we're going to do. In marketing, there is something called the 3V strategy. The 3V strategy in developing a marketing strategy. And what I said was, we got, as a church, we got, we got to know about marketing, right? But then we got to evaluate it. We don't do as they do, but we got to take what's good, throw out what's bad, and change what needs to be changed. So let's just do this together, okay? I'm going to go through these three Vs, and we're going to tweak it, and we're going to turn it into the 3 V ambassador strategy. Can everyone say 3V ambassador strategy? Number one V, value proposition. Some of y'all like, what's that? Let me tell you. Value proposition. So marketing is all about creating value for the customer. Okay, so the first V, value proposition is a declaration of benefits or advantages of a product against competitors. A declaration of benefits or advantages of the product against competitors. Now, we should be able to do this, right? But if we do only this, if we only declare the benefits and advantages, what do we get? Consumer Christianity. If we declare only the benefits and advantages against our competitors, what do we get? Apologetics. C.S. Lewis says this, the limitation of apologetics is this. You get obsessed with defending the truth and forget to be fed by it. What I'm here to tell you today is the greatest value you can give to your quote-unquote consumers is your, you and your relationship with God. That is the strongest asset you can give people as a representative of his kingdom. You know, I'm not promoting you to try to be like, can I say, Mormons? That walk around, man, they got a bad brand image, right? I just said Mormons and all of you already like knew exactly what I was talking about. If you wear the wrong outfit one day, you might look like one. It's, it, you carry your Bible and people might think you're Mormon. Oh, man. Anyways, we're not trying to be like that. We're not trying to go around. See, you know that Mormons, when they come around, they, they want to start up a, a conversation. They want to tell you why their God competes yours. I don't have anything against Mormons, though. If anyone that's Mormon is listening. Uh, but what we want is real relationship. Real relationship. Share your relationship with people. Um, I'm not, now I'm not, I've been really hating on salesmen and, and Mormons that are known to walk around and share the word. I'm not, I want to make it clear. I'm not against word by mouth sharing. Okay. I'm not saying marketing, let's just all go social media. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, even marketers, they know this in Forbes. They said that 20 to 50% of business to consumer and business to business purchases are made because of a word to a word of mouth recommendation. I'm saying that what we need to share is not so much be so consumed with how do I present this? How do I share this? You have it. 
You are an ambassador. When you are reconciled to God, you are given the ministry of reconciliation. You have it on your tongue. So what? So be real. Please be real with your people. There's nothing worse than false advertisement. You know, when you, when someone sells something and, and then later on down the line, you find out it's not it, man, when I was first Christian, I met this, the, like these people and the, they were up in the clubs. And at first I was like, this is awesome. Like these are cool Christians, right? But it didn't take me very long in my relationship. Thank God that God's grace always covers for his ambassadors. But it didn't take me very long to find out that th- this is a little bit of a false advertisement here. See, when we talk to people, let's not be fake. Let's not share about God as if he's this real, like they already are far, far from him. Let's not make him seem even further. Um, He's real and we can share, not be demeaning, really meet them where they're at. Share your own struggles. Be vulnerable with them. Share your story. That's the most powerful thing that you can give to them. That's your value proposition. Empathize with others. Don't play perfect. And people are going to see so much value in the God that you worship. Two, the value segment. Value segment is choosing a segment that will value the product the most. Choosing a segment that will value the product the most. Now, what this does is this allows marketers to cater to a personal preference in each group. Uh, Again, if we do this, this is sometimes what is a culprit for consumer Christianity. But we actually have a tendency to do this often in the church, dividing up the population into identifiable groups that behave in predictable ways and ministering to them accordingly. Now, I don't think this is all bad. Do you? No, right? Because the gospel, it can be catered to different age groups, be more relevant to different age groups. But the thing is, is when we do make these divisions, we need to be very cautious. Because this is the difference. The church, we make segments, but we minister to all of them. Marketers, they choose one focus segment and they only go towards that segment. But see, we as a church, we have to be careful to make sure we have segments for every people group. We can only, if we only focus on segmentation, we end up with people like us only. And then we are reluctant to go out into the world, which is exactly what we're supposed to do, and avoid people not like us. See, marketers, they're catching on to this. And they're exploring these unreached people groups. They're seeing, hey, these people are not reached. These include the gay community, the homosexual, the... Um, the gay community, the lesbian community, the um, African-American community. These are key markets right now that marketers are seeing that they need the attention because they have been neglected. Um, they say this, we recognize that your neighbors, your relatives, your friends are not all white, middle-class heterosexuals, and we welcome them and you as our customers. Craft, Lexus, Google have been marketing to gay communities for years. While a lot of the Christian communities are doing the exact opposite. Value segment. We, let me add one more thing. 
All of us are different. All of us, God made us all different. Therefore, because we're all different, we can actually cater to each of these segments. Three, value network. So first we had value proposition. That was uh, declaring the advantages and benefits of, of Jesus. And I was saying that the biggest value you can give them is your relationship and do it and be real. Two was value segment, right? And that is we should segment, but we can't leave out people. Three, value network. And an association of people that work together to satisfy customers. Marketers know how important it is to have a network of people working closely together. While in the church, there are too many lone rangers. See, it's not about a lot of, uh, you'll meet Christians sometimes where it's just all about me and you, God. Me and you, God. Me and you, God. But what it really is, is us and them. Me and my community and the triune God. Value network. There is such a huge importance in knowing that you are in this together. That it's a group effort. You know, in the beginning of my ministry, I didn't, I didn't know this. I was this, like, power evangelist. And I just went out. And I would grab people in my car. And I was expecting the church to respond to them when I brought them in. And I remember, you know, if you've heard my preaching before, I talk often about this one lady named Maria. She's someone who's strong on my heart. I still pray for her every single day. And I've heard, actually, great news about her. I hope it's true. They're not just trying to make me happy but I remember one day when I finally found her I used to go out to these train tracks every Sunday and try to find her and then get her in my car and the one time that I actually got her in my car and was able to drive her to church I bring her in I'm thinking this is going to be celebration right God one of your lost sons is home and what happened she sits down people start moving seats because she smells bad you know, I could have maybe given a little warning and been like, hey, pastor, I'm going to be bringing in a homeless woman from the street today. Hey, uh, hospitali- hospitality, I'm going to be bringing a homeless. Can you please make sure to welcome them? Should I really have to do that? If we are a network, see, it's not just about, God didn't just say, I make you an ambassador. I make this person an ambassador. It says we are ambassadors of Christ. You know, I was so let down that day. I was so let down that day by my church. Romans 12, 4 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, but they have gifts according to the grace that is given them. We all have our... We, earlier I said brand reps, right? They all have to bear the same image. We are all made different, yet we bear the image of God. We are all different. We all play a part of the body, and it should be a network moving forward. But when the body is not moving together, one person, so what? I brought her in. Who cares? What happened? Nothing. Yeah, she probably felt loved, but when I brought her in, I think she felt even more unloved. Value network, an association of people that work together to satisfy customers. Do we work to satisfy customers? In a way, we can say, yeah, we do. But we do so in order to be able to reconcile them to he who truly satisfies. I'm going to welcome up the praise team. 
And, you know, I think that sometimes we can get a little hopeless seeing the huge influence that the world has on uh, on the world today, that the marketing has on the world today, certain influences that um, have such great influence that the the church just feels like, oh, I, I can't, I can't do anything about that. But if you think about it, marketing, it only survives because of consumerism. And if you think about consumerism, consumerism is when people are constantly dissatisfied. When they constantly have needs that need to be met. Come on, we were all there one time too. Constantly dissatisfied. Trying to fill those voids with something that the world could offer me. But this is where there's hope. The hope is this, in that the church, we can actually meet them where they're at. You know, we may draw them in because of some marketing gimmick. Maybe we got like a cute boy here that they would want to come see. We got a good praise team. They'll come in thinking they're going to get something. But what's going to happen is God's going to radically come down, shock them and meet them and introduce himself as the man who has come to satisfy all their needs. Just like he did to you and to me before we were reconciled to him. You know, I feel like there's a lot of stuff. And we can always make it so complicated. But the the thing is, is all of you guys hold the ministry of reconciliation. All of you guys are ambassadors, whether you think it, whether you feel qualified or not. And what I'm saying is that your story, your relationship with God is powerful. Some of you are also caught up. How do I share the gospel? I've been a Christian my whole life. I still don't think I can put the words into place. But God's saying, as my ambassador, I've already entrusted you with the anointing, the ministry of reconciliation. You know how I brought you back to me. You know how good it is. If you don't know how to explain it in all those religious terms, just explain to them with your emotions. How did you feel before? How do you feel now? What did he do to you? What has he broken off of you? You know, I just want to take some time right now to pray for anyone who has felt inadequate in this area. Because as ambassadors of Christ, we are entrusted with this ministry of reconciliation so that God can make his appeal through us. And I feel like for some of you, Satan has just been like, you're not adequate. You're not there yet. You're not there. And if this is you, I just want you to, you know, Go ahead and come on up. Come on up because I feel like God, he's gonna, he's gonna shake you tonight. He's gonna shake you and remind you of the man that reconciled you to him. Jesus is on your tongues. If you've been feeling dry, if you've been feeling like I can't, 
I don't know. I don't have that fervor to go out into the world anymore. I don't. I don't know how to go out and bring people to Him. I don't actually even want to. If that's you, come on up. Let's pray for you. He's real. He'll come. He'll give you that thirst again. He's not something that can be sold. If you've been selling him, come. It's not about that. So I'm just going to give you guys some time to respond to him. And then I'm going to ask actually just um, some of our altar ministers to come up.